Welcome everyone to this very special episode of Babes on the Brink. I'm Annabelle. With me as always, we have Phil. Say hi, Phil. Hello. And with us, we have Mel B, the first trader banished from Traders Canada. We're absolutely gutted. Mel, thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys for calling me. I'm very excited to be here. I wish I wasn't here until the end of the show, but you know, didn't work out that way. So thanks for having me. Oh, me too. Absolutely gutted. But you really Sean, you Sean. Hopefully, hopefully so. I don't know. It was a little cringy to watch it back. would sit down in my living room and watch some of the things I said. I was like, please stop talking. Just, <laughs> I knew what was coming and I was still mad. I was like, how come I just can't change what happened? <laughs> You were fantastic. And look, better to be a big character and go out early than be invisible the whole way through, I think. 100%. I, I even going into it, I said, because I'm, I'm a big fan of like these strategy social games. And one of the things that I said when I was going into it was like, I'm just going to go in and I'm going to have the most fun. I'm not going to be too serious. I, you know, it's a one in 20 shot to win. Yes, I could slide under the radar and get to the end and, and take home $100,000. But, you know, it's so much more fun to cause chaos and be messy and just, I would like, I like to be what I watch and I like good TV and that's not always good gameplay. So I'm happy with my game. Oh yeah, I love it. Or that's what I tell myself anyway. No, no me and, I feel like me and Annabelle know too well about that. So no, we can totally, totally relate. <laughs> I love that attitude. And I think that kind of leads into our first question, Mel. So what what was your background with competition reality TV coming into the show? Had you watched The Traitors before? Are you a big fan of other games? Oh, it's like there's no right answer because I did watch all The Traitors before I went in, but you couldn't tell that from my gameplay. <laughs> no, I watched uh, US, I watched UK, and I watched the first season of Australia. And yeah, I watched, I watched them a lot. I watched them on a loop. Um, I, I went in, I was the one that was there when we were talking and I would be like, oh, but do you remember when this happened in whatever version? And like half the people that were there either saw one or, you know, just kind of skimmed it. And here I was like at this encyclopedia of information of what happened in the other seasons, which I mean, hindsight, I probably just should have shut up more for that as well. But yeah, no, I watched them all. I'm a huge fan. I thought it was such a great show and so different than a lot of the reality shows that we're used to. Like it had this television sense. I don't know. How, I mean, obviously reality TV is TV, but I don't know. Like people who don't watch reality TV seem to like this show. Yeah, it's it's definitely more designed to be a TV show than quote unquote reality. Even the mere Absolutely. fact that you that any host is pretending that this is their house and stuff like that. <laughs> I feel like says enough that it's yeah, more designed yeah. for the theatrics than something like Survivor where it's quote unquote them outside. Was, right. And then sur surviving. Yeah. <laughs> Was there anything from watching the other seasons that kind of changed your approach to the game? No, because I went into it. I did, I did the exact opposite of what I had wanted to do. Like when I was going in and I even said it when I was there, like day two, I was like, I need to talk less and listen more. I need to just shut up. I need to be Sari. And, but when I got there, so that's what I wanted to do. But when I got there, you know, <laughs> my personality is just not a quiet personality. Mm. Um, so as much as I was telling myself in my head, if you want to win this game, you really need to stop talking. I just kept talking. So, you know, that would have been my strategy going in. I just didn't follow it. 
Yeah, because do you think your natural personality would have lent itself better to being a faithful than a traitor then? Um, I mean, like, yes, like I'm not in my everyday life lying. And, you know, I'm I'm definitely a strategic person, like just in my job alone, like as a realtor, I'm definitely strategic. I negotiate all the time. Um, so, you know, like I can convince people of things, like, especially like with other agents, getting them to accept an offer from my client versus somebody else's. So like, you know, I I'm good with that. I just thought I would be a much better liar. So I don't know. I think that my faithful game, to be honest, I feel like I would have gone out the same time regardless. Cause I feel like if I was a faithful, a lot of the reason that I went out as a traitor, it was because people kept saying, Oh, but you're not afraid of being murdered. Like everybody else is scared and you're happy and you're, you're just happy to be here and you're happy, go lucky, whatever. And I was like, I think I said it at the round table. That's my personality. Like you're, that has nothing to do with being a traitor. Like Yes, I happen to also be a traitor, but, um, you know, I think if I was a faithful, it would have went the exact same way because even as a faithful, I wouldn't have been afraid of getting murdered each night because really it's a piece of paper that says you're not going on for the game today. Like that's not something you can control. So I'm Mm. the type of person who tries not to stress and fear over things that I have no control over. And I was like that in the game. Um, so I think if I was a faithful or a traitor, People would have thought that I was a traitor anyway, because I wasn't afraid. I was just grateful to be there. Um, and that was suspicious. So yeah. Was there anything that changed once you actually got there? Like what what sort of changed your plans, I guess you'd say? I didn't realize that I would be as paranoid as I was. So like in talking to people, like when I went to the conclave and first found out that my name had been spread around, I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I could not, be- I was like, but I'm doing such a good job. What do you mean? Like, um, you know, and then I look at the footage and I'm just like, you know, eyes closed, totally cringing. But I was completely shocked that people were saying my my name. Um, so that was one thing that surprised me. And then when we were in there, like we did discuss a couple of names of like where my name was coming from. And that surprised me. Then the next day I had talked to like Koozie and Mike a little bit and asked them, you know, who have you, who have you heard say my name? And I think one of them said Trevon was suspicious of me at one point, And I thought me and Trevon were really bonded. And then somebody else said Rick. And I also felt really good with him. So then that started really turning my wheels. And then I look back and I'm like, no, Trevon and Rick really were my people. And that's how I felt. But it's really hard. I don't think I realized I was going to be as paranoid, not knowing who I could actually trust versus who I couldn't. Um, even as a trader, knowing who the other traders were, I was still crazy paranoid. And that's something that I just didn't expect. Okay. I I mean, we've got a question here kind of on that, Mel. And who were you working with in the game? Uh, Sort of, if you've got two sides, the people who you're really drawn to and socially close to, I'd love to know that. But also, Mm -hmm. were there any people who you kind of had a strategic game relationship with as well? I think my biggest issue, I I was working by myself. I was like on an island. So even though the traders, we all knew each other and technically we should be in alliance, we weren't talking except for in the conclave. Now me and Mike did get along really well and we were on the same team, but we were always in a group setting except for that one time when he was like, dude, you, you're in trouble. Um, you know, other than that, I was completely like on an island. I didn't, I didn't trust the traders because I felt like they were lying to me. And that was from the first night in the conclave when they wouldn't give up names of like right away. Um, so like when I looked at Koozie and she was like, oh, I don't know who said it. And I was like that, ju- it just felt like a lie instantly. So I didn't trust her. And then that made me a little suspicious of Mike. So 
I didn't talk to them very much. And then even the people that I had like great relationships with, we weren't strategizing. Like it was, it felt like pulling teeth for me to try and talk to people to get somebody to talk game with. So like I would literally go into conversations and this is why I was talking so much as well. I, like, I think I was just kind of buried from the start. So when Kevin sprinkled my name around day one, everybody thought Mel B. So then I would go into groups and be like, well, who do you guys think? Like who looks suspicious, who seems suspicious? And nobody would talk to me about it. So it wasn't until day two that Colin and Donna's names were around that I was like, yay, I've got somebody else to throw under the bus here. Like eyes are off me. Um, and then after they were gone, then the next day I was still trying to talk to people about game and nobody would talk to me. So like there was a couple of times where I was talking, you know, in, in confessional and I was like, I don't know what to do. And nobody is talking game to me, which means they're talking about me. Like if, if somebody is not comfortable sharing something with you in a strategic game like this, you're the target. So it was really, I, I felt like it was an uphill battle from the start. I was basically alone. Like I had friends, I made great friendships, but like game wise, I had like, I thought I had good alliances. I thought Crystal and Leroy were like people I was close with, but again, we couldn't really get together. Like I did make an alliance with them. I think day one or day two, me and Crystal were alliances like right off the bat. Um, and I think it was like day two or something. I took Leroy aside and I was like, Hey, like, I think that we've got a good thing going here. Like we should look after each other. You tell me what you're hearing and vice versa. And then Crystal walked in on that. So I was actually like, I'm glad you're here. Come on in. Like, three of us are going to go like, let's go all the way. And then that was that, that was literally like all we did. Like they stayed co like cool with me, but like we weren't talking game. And anytime I tried to approach people about the game, it was very like brushed off. So I don't, I didn't have a strategy relationship with anybody because everybody knew I was a traitor or thought, but literally 24 hours later, it's Crystal and Leroy <laughs> gunning for you. I can't imagine how stressful and yeah. isolating that would be. It was awful. Like when you see the the first tear shed, like you see the conversation with myself and Leroy. So I was actually pulling him aside to tell him that I wasn't trusting Crystal. And that wasn't just to frame her. Like the reason I chose to frame her, and we can definitely get into that later. But the reason that I, one of the reasons I chose to frame her was because I had been really close with her, but then I had heard her name. Koozie had told me that Fierce told Koozie that Crystal was saying my name. So when that came up, I was like, but me and Crystal are so close. So, and I didn't trust Koozie. So I was like, is Koozie lying to me or is Crystal lying to me? So I went to Fierce and that was the conversation that you see between me and Fierce, which looks totally normal in the, I think with the episode where I get banished, it was the most awkward conversation of my life because <laughs> I kept trying to like pull details. And I was like, so did Crystal say this? Like what's going on? And Fierce would like look at me and then look at the camera almost the way that like The Office, I don't know if you know the show The Office. So like Fierce would like look at me and be like, I don't know. And then like look at the cameras if to be like, oh, she's on to me. And I'm like, I can see you. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I knew then that I was definitely being lied to. So I knew then that it was, you know, Crystal who was saying my name. So I had asked her about it and then she kept lying still to my face so I was going to Leroy to be like, hey, I don't trust Crystal. Something is up. And as I'm telling it to him, he gives me this look like we connected eyes. And I was just like gut-wrenched because he didn't say anything. And I looked at him and I was like, "You do you think I'm a traitor? And he just he just nodded. And then he was like, I do. Um, so that was like a huge, that was a long conversation. We just like went back and forth. And he was just like, here's the reasons you're a traitor. Like, this is what I think about you. And I was like, here's the reason that's not true. And, you know, and then I started to cry because I was like, oh my God, like these two people who I do trust 
think I'm a traitor. And now I, so I had to do like all of this reverse damage control. So at that point, then I was like, okay, it's verified. This was crystal. She said a few shady things to me that I think I can twist and convince people that she's a bit traitorous, tra mm. treacherous. Um, so that's when I just started to spiral and be like, okay, I have to throw her under the bus because this is the only flotation device I have right now. And if I don't get somebody else out tonight, I'm gone. So yeah. Having witnessed all that, who do you think is actually playing the best then? Having been on the receiving end of um, effectively what everybody should be intending to do in terms of getting out traders. Um, in terms of getting out traders? Well, just who's playing the best game. Yeah, because I was going to say, because I don't think the best game is to get out the traders. Yeah, true. <laughs> I think that's the worst game to play. <laughs> I think as a faithful, the game, like Crystal did awful because I literally <laughs> was going to like lay down for her. Like I, I had said in some confessionals, I was like, well, I'm upset that Crystal's not one of the other traders because I did feel so close. So I was like, you know, I'd like to take her to the end. And, you know, if there's a chance, I'll recruit her at some point. Like this was mm. all in my mind. I was like, these two are my two um so like I was gonna try and get them as far as I could and then we can duke it out at the end but when she just started saying my name right away I was like dude so I don't think that's a good way to play it I mean obviously she she lasted longer than me so it's not the worst way to play it mm. but um yeah like when it comes to being a faithful I think that the play is to just <laughs> literally do the mob mentality go with the majority vote yeah. out whoever people are voting and not be right about the traitors because when you're right about them they can come to you to murder you Yep. um and you know if you're too too vocal I think it puts a target on you I think if you get to the end and you know who or you really think who the traitors are yourself vote them out at the fire like get to the fire mm. first and then vote them all out you know yeah. so that's what I think most faithfuls are doing wrong but at the same time yeah I don't know I like I mean I don't know I think they're like they're all playing a good game they're all playing a better game than me so I think like Trevon is probably doing really well as a faithful because he's wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and Dom, Dom, and May. Well, May now because she's almost she's too Some much hot of a target. Takes we've today, seen, people. Yeah, yeah, we've seen episode four. May, um, what she was doing good as up to my banishment. She was doing great. Um, but yeah, then it you know it all kind of spiraling on May right now. But yeah, I was gonna say like Travon, maybe Dom, Donna. She just turned that yeah. right around. Yeah. Right. Um, Gurleen. Yeah. So. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Love that. Um, just <laughs> circling back to what we were talking about before where you started coming for Crystal. In the episode, we saw Kuzi was um, trying to shift the target off you and onto Rick, which she seemed to be having quite a bit of success with. Phil and I kind of theorized in the podcast that maybe that was one of your losing moves was trying to shift the target then onto Crystal again. Talk me through your thought process there, what you did and didn't know, how you feel after the fact. Um, I have been kicking myself for a week and a half. I did not know that Kuzi was throwing Rick under the bus. So here, my biggest, biggest issue, and the thing that got me out of this game the most, more than my talking and all this ridiculousness, was not making an alliance with the traders. I didn't trust Koozie and that got in my way. Like me, even if she was lying to me, I should have been able to put a little bit more faith in her. Um, so I thought she was setting me up to go home to be the first trader out, which, you know, I don't, I wouldn't have blamed her for if she did, because that's the game. So I did think that she was just setting me up to be kind of the scapegoat trader just to get one out. 
um, I didn't realize that she was putting Rick's name out there because she didn't tell me she was going to do that. So we discussed the night before that I was going to mention to Fierce about Crystal so I could see what had happened. So there was a big miscommunication between me and Koozie because when I mentioned that to Fierce, Koozie didn't realize, I guess, what I was doing or, or the extent of what I was going to do. So then it got back to her that I was saying her name. She had been trying to get everybody's attention on Rick, which I didn't know she was doing. So I didn't even think about Rick. I was thinking Crystal because I was thinking, who do I have personal, like not personal, but who do I have evidence against, quote unquote, um, to try and frame? And I didn't really have anything on Rick except for the Colin situation. With Crystal, I had things that she had specifically said to me. So I was like, okay, this just feels more like natural. It just feels more authentic. I'm going to go with what I know. Um, had I known that Koozie was saying Rick's name, I don't even think I would have brought it up to Fierce about Crystal. I think that I just would have been like, yeah, good idea. Let's jump on the Rick train, throw him under the bus, get me one more day. Um, but when Koozie then of course heard that I was saying her name, that's, you know, excuse me, Melissa said what? So I feel like somewhere along the line during that day, the target shifted from Rick back to me a little bit over onto Crystal. And I think that, yeah, that was a huge demise. The fact that I didn't communicate with Koozie and Mike throughout the day about what they were going to do and then jump in what they were going to do. I just acted alone. Um, that was my biggest losing move for sure. Yeah. Cause now having, now having you explain all of that, you can't have been surprised that Koozie and Mike eventually did flip, like vote for you basically at that yeah. point. I was surprised when Mike opened it up, um, especially because the last conversation I had with him, he's like, you have to do damage control. Like, what are we going to do? So we were strategizing how, da what damage control looked like. And, you know, when I got to the table and I, I, I can't remember if I was planning on opening it myself. Like, I remember we got there and my thought was like, get your name out in the day. I don't know if I can curse, but F it, get, get my name out in the day. Let's just like, get it out there. Let's, um, defend myself because my biggest issue and one of the reasons why you see me say um if you think I'm a traitor ask me if I'm a traitor that that wasn't my response to Mike <laughs> that was said you know that was within a, a good long round table um yeah. but the reason that I said that was because I was frustrated because my name had been floating around for two days and I didn't hear about it until right after the mission right before the round table so I was mad at the table because I was like you guys are doing the exact same thing that you did yesterday to Colin you're all talking about me, but you're not coming up to me and letting me defend myself as to like why I'm not a traitor and why I'm a faithful. Hmm. So like, how do I know even that I am a target? Like you're just, you're just ganging up and sending people home basically based on what you decide. So, you know, when I brought that up to the table, that did turn a lot of wheels and it did change a lot of minds. But um, yeah, I, I expected Koozie and Mike, to, if the tides were turning my way, if there was enough back and forth at the round table that it seemed like people were going to vote me out I did expect them to to probably go with the majority because I put myself in their shoes and I would have voted them out so you know I was yeah. pissed but they did the right thing yeah. did, did you feel like they Kuzi and Mike were quite close with each other you said that you didn't feel like you were part of that alliance do you think those two were working together or did you sense that there was a bit of tension there as well I don't know if I felt like they were working like together without me. I think I just didn't feel a connection with the three. Mm. Like I, 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 and it was more so because I didn't trust Koozie. I did trust Mike a little bit more um, because I didn't feel as much hesitation when he, when me and him talked, like mm. we would talk about things and he didn't feel like he was being 
careful of what he said. Whereas when I would talk to Koozie, it felt like she was being a little bit more careful about what she was saying to me. So that made me feel like she was holding something back. Um, with Mike, I didn't get that feeling, but we were just never alone to have the conversation. So I don't know if they had this side trader alliance or not, or if it was, you know, all three of us or what, but you know, I, I, th I feel like they probably knew going into it. I don't know if they had discussed it beforehand or not, but I know that they, you know, going into it, it was likely that they were both on the same page. Mike said that, you know, he opened it up, um, with my name to try and gauge my reaction to give me a chance to. I guess, you know, swing at a softball or whatever, just to try and defend myself and then throw it to somebody else. Um, but also that it would make him look more like a faithful if I did get banished, which was genius. It's it's a great move. Well, I don't know, because Crystal Except. confronted him in episode four. So, but at <laughs> yeah. the time, I thought it was a genius move for sure. Yeah. Early when you're talking about Kevin and how Kevin will stop it for you now, and even just how you're saying now that Kuzi sort of was holding stuff back, do you think that's a lot of stuff that they would know to do or identify from previously being on shows well especially in their case they were on big brother and i guess that you you talk about fierce do you think um a lot of these guys who've been on shows before have an advantage over you guys because as just a person who's watched the show i in a way yes but also not like i feel like we do all go in there pretty like fairly equal like you know it's it's a totally different game than any of us has played before so i definitely think that way you know, there is no real advantage because it's all kind of unknown, but mm. there is definitely, you know, a little bit more ease for them in the lying and manipulating after being done, you know, down that road before. Um, and I think, I think the biggest advantage for the celebrities though, is just being known mm -hmm. because when you're already a well-known person going into this and you meet, you know, what were we called? Civilians. You meet us yeah. civilians. <laughs> a lot of civilians will see, you know, a, a celebrity or a reality star or whoever, and just you feel like you kind of know them on a level anyway, just from like social media. So there's almost this instant connection just because you've heard of these people before you've watched their shows or whatever. So you feel a little bit closer to those people without ever meeting them. Whereas the civilians, we're all meeting them. We're all meeting each other. It's a lot harder to feel bad about sending a civilian home than it would be like Rick the temp or like yeah. Kevin or Kuz, you know, like that's that it's, it is a different level for sure. Um, on that so in my in my season of the traders we did have the celebrities the influencers and the civilians as one of the celebrities coined oh us. wow <laughs> um and the there was definitely a few of the celebrities who were very much we're only going to talk to the other celebrities how oh, yeah. did the the split dynamic work within your group right away I could tell like immediately on the boat before the traders were picked before we got to the manor I was like, so I've only watched um, Big Brother. Like that was the only people I knew were Koozie, Kevin and Rick, just because and much music. He was like our Canadian MTV guy. Yeah. So those were the three people I knew. I didn't really know anybody else, but I did notice right away on the boat. And I just know this about Big Brother people in general, even if they're not on the same season together, they connect. There's this like brotherhood of big brother people where they've all been through this crazy traumatic experience together. And so they've got this instant bond, regardless of if they've ever met before. Mm -hmm. So I already knew going into it that they were, they, and they were on the boat with me. So, and I saw them talk a little bit and I was like, they, they're going to be a pair. Um, and yeah, I felt like there wasn't like a thing where people connected and like cut other people out, but there were definitely some bonds that were formed instantly. Like I know Kevin formed a bond with like 
fierce and with Koozie and with Erica. Like there's a lot of reality people, but no, in seeing the episodes, he did say that was part of his strategy was just to, to band together with the reality people and get the civilians out, which not the worst strategy. I listen, strategy, strategy. I can't talk about somebody's strategy, but yeah, I don't think it was um, over the top. Like after day two, it was like, who's a celebrity? Like you didn't really notice after the first day, day one, you're like, Oh, well, all these people who I've seen before um, day two, you're like, okay, I don't really care. Well, that's how I felt anyway. It just yeah. felt like everybody was like, Oh, there's Mel a, Oh, there's Mary. That's crystal. Like it wasn't, this one's a celebrity and that one isn't, you know what I mean? Um, now having heard you just talk, I was just about to say, do you think the reason why in episode four, um, there is so much calling out of one another, almost like throughout the whole entire episode is a response to what happened to you then? Oh, I don't know. I loved episode four. Wasn't that fun? Just watching <laughs> so everybody fun. yell. I was like, take that. That's what you get for sending me home. Especially yes. when they started yelling at Rick. I was yelling at my TV. I was like, do not come for Rick. Like, get away from him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it was, I don't know if that was, I think it's just the show. I think it's just that, you know, day one, we sent Colin home and everybody was upset because he was a faithful and they were so sure that he was a traitor Day two, they actually got a traitor, so they're riding on a high. But then the people who didn't vote my way, who I had convinced that I was a faithful or I had those connections with, um, they spiraled in the most beautiful, crazy way. Um, so, you know, I definitely think it was a result of, like, maybe getting me out so early because now people are like, okay, well, when once you get a traitor out, you have something to go on, right? Mm -hmm. When you're there and it's only faithfuls going home, everybody is still suspicious and nobody is suspicious like everything yeah. is the same when you get a traitor out now you could be like who did mel talk to who didn't she talk to who voted yeah. for her? who didn't vote for her? and yeah. and there's just more stories that you can kind of make up for your you know analysis to see who the traitors are so i, I yeah i think maybe that was a little bit of a reaction to to getting a traitor out on night two more fights more fights <laughs> i love it like bring it on i love to see it i love crying i love the fights i love the messiness i love when people are ridiculously wrong show it to me <laughs> we so the murders that we've had from the traitors this season have been unconventional we're not following the same this is who we murder script so i wanted to ask about these uh, your first murder is uh, of Erica because you want to make a big punch. We want to murder one of the reality stars. The second murder, and this is the one I really want to talk about, is Dr. Nazila because she sucks at the missions. <laughs> but both you and Mike <laughs> were on the same mission. Talk to me about the Dr. Nazila murder. Okay, first of all, I'm so sorry because... I'm I'm so sorry that we didn't get to see more of her because Nazila was just a light of a human. Like she is, you like if you get a chance to have her on, by all means have her on because she is hilarious. Like we, she was so upset after like once the show was done filming and I reached out to her, she was like, "What happened to our mommy vacation?" Because like we bonded over having kids, and of course then I heard in another podcast that she had said that she was going to banish me the next night. So I was like, "Okay, Nazila, no, we're." <laughs> I feel less guilty, but no, I am sorry because she was absolutely fabulous. The reason that we sent her home wasn't fully, you know, being bad at the mission because realistically the people who are bad on our team was all four of us. Like we did not know what we were doing. Like we were running, we had clues, we saw the clues and we thought the clues were wrong. We got to the right place, but we thought it was a trick place. There was no instructions on how to get to the next place. So it was literally like we were just running in circles. 
that was not Nazilla. She wasn't murdered because she was like the worst on the team because we were all equally bad. Um, the reason that we did send her home ultimately was just because it was a completely random murder. Um, and then what we said about, like, I think we had discussed a few things. It was a random murder. She had voted, I think, for Donna. Um, so it would have framed Donna in a way or could have potentially been a frame for Donna to people still think that she was a traitor. Um, and it was almost a statement that like, OK, yes, that team was on the losing team. So we thought maybe somebody would just kind of connect that and work harder. So not necessarily that it was her that lost, but that it was somebody from the losing team. And then the reason, because I did say it, and I know I've heard you guys, I've heard everybody be like, why did Mel B bring that up? That was the stupidest thing. And it, yes, yes, I agree. But I didn't just bring it up to be like, hey, do you think this is what happened? Da -da. <laughs> it was more so like we were all sat down talking and I was trying to convince everybody to play on kind of a, a meta level. So mm. in all the, this is my problem. I was still like, oh, I've seen all of these seasons. I know the construction of the game and what they want the audience to see. Mm -hmm. Whereas the rest of the players were like, we are trying to find the traders. What does this have to do with who the traders are? So what I had said to everybody in that moment, I was like, guys, there's no way. I can't even believe anybody would think that I'm a trader now. I was like, I feel perfect because I came in last. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, if I was last, that means that I was like, considered for murder I would have had to be and they're like what are you talking about I was like you've got to understand when you watch the show <laughs> the last two people are the people that they want the audience to guess between who got murdered so if I came in last then that would mean that they were just baiting murdering me and then the audience would be surprised that I walked in so that's when Dom was like yes yes you are definitely faithful that's so true and then I was like I was like what I'm wondering is you know what was their reasoning if they wanted to, to murder me and murder Nazilla maybe it's because both of us were on the losing team and we were the last two that they were like let's pick between these two girls so that was ultimately that where that came from um but at the same time literally everybody I was sitting with was like <laughs> That's stupid. That's not true. <laughs> they wouldn't, that doesn't make any sense. There's no way that's why you guys, like why she was murdered and why you came in last. Like, I don't believe that. And I was just like, oh, I want to bang my head off the table. <laughs> uh, I feel you. I had the same problem. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was yeah. like, you yeah, have you to understand the concept. You two are kindred <laughs> spirits I've grown to realize yeah. today. <laughs> we really are. I think so. <laughs> On the Erica murder, though, um, so I was listening to your exit interview um, with the guys on Rob Has a Podcast, and you were saying one of your biggest regrets was not pushing harder to murder Kevin there. Talk to us about that piece. Oh my God, Kevin. I hope he wins now just because I'm petty, but I, I originally that first night, so I wanted to murder him for a couple of reasons. Um, I was a huge fan of his show, his both, he was on two seasons. I was a fan of his win. Like I was a Kevin fan. Um, so I wanted to murder him right away just as a fan, because like, I'm not somebody who's like, Oh my God, I'm such a fan. I want you here forever. I'm like, I'm a fan. How cool would it be if I murdered Kevin Martin? Like that was, that was for me. So I really wanted to murder him then, but that was like, if he wasn't a traitor, I was also thinking if he is a traitor, that's like the ultimate traitor. Like I would love to work with him. So it was too, you know, kind of twofold. When I found out that he wasn't a traitor, um, it was something that we had discussed in there about murdering him. And then I don't remember if it was that conclave or the next one where Mike had said, you know, I, I actually did hear your name from Kevin. Um, so I was like, oh, I, okay, he's, he's got to go. But I do remember I was pushing for him for night one. And Mike was also on board to get Kevin out on night one. And Koozie, I will tell you, Koozie is playing a phenomenal game. 
she would steer the ship in the conclave every time. And we would think that we were like adding to it, but I'm pretty sure we were just saying what she was making us say. Like, I'm pretty sure she was like, I'll say the words the right way. That's going to get them moved over here. Like she's a mastermind. She's doing so fabulous. Um, and I, I, you know, I found that out reflecting. I was like, oh, well I said this. And then she said that, oh, she's good. So <laughs> I wanted to murder Kevin. Mike wanted to murder Kevin. Koozie quote unquote considered it. She was like, hmm, that could be a possibility. However, what do you think about, um, and she actually brought up Erica and May. She said, what about Erica and May? And I think her reason behind that, and again, I didn't ask her this, but I think her reason behind that was so that she could bring up Erica to make it seem like she wasn't in an alliance with her, but she was trying to push us to get May out. So I think that was the biggest thing. She wanted to do a reality person. So she said, you know, we turned, we said Kevin, she turned down Kevin. She said, well, what about Erica or May? Um, and then we were like, yeah, Erica. Let's get Erica out. That's you want to make a statement. That's the statement. Let's get Erica out. And then she was like, "Yeah, but May though. What about May?" <laughs> so, so after her not telling me who said my name, I felt that like kind of like tension in between us. I was like, "There's something she's not telling me," and then really trying to push us away from um, Erica and Kevin. Mm. I was like, I, I kind of had to stand hard on that. I was like, you know, I, I May's gonna get herself out. Like May's not the move. It, it's got to be Erica or Kevin. So then we brought Kevin back into the, the options. Um, and then, you know, we didn't go with Kevin. We, I think we discussed fears. So I think we discussed like a few people, uh, but ultimately we landed on Erica for the murder. And that was my biggest regret, especially because Mike also wanted to murder Kevin. Mm. I feel like if we murdered him night one, then my name probably wouldn't have spread as far and as fast as it did. Cause he did sprinkle my name out there and it was out there day one. Like mm. people were talking, but you know, if he didn't have to be around, I think after the Dal and Connor fiasco, did I just say Don and Colin? What did I just, anyway, <laughs> Donna Colin fiasco. Cause I know I said that completely backwards, but after the Donna Colin fiasco, um, I feel like the heat would have been a little bit off me and you wouldn't have had Kevin still you know fanning the flames to get it back on so if i had to murder him night one i think i would at least got four days instead of three yeah. <laughs> so hopefully fascinating but we'll never know we'll never know well i think we need to ask mel the most important pressing question all right oh we need you to pick a team all right okay I'm are in. you on gaze for leroy gaze uh -huh. for kevin or gaze uh -huh. for dom Okay, I have to go gaze for Dom. Dom is my man. Dom is the dude. Um, I, listen, I'm gay. I'm gaze for all of them, honestly. But I'm, I'm gaze for Kevin in a. I hate you for murdering me, but now I need you to get revenge for me and yeah. get the other traitors who turned on me out. Um, but he's probably my least gaze for. Okay. Um, uh, I'm always gonna be gaze for Leroy, but I yeah. also am super petty. <laughs> but like also I'm, I'm so I'm like we were besties in my mind how could you turn on me you Canadian John Cena adorable man so yes gays for Leroy but the pettiness in me is yeah. just full-on gays for Dom because Dom is also he's such a character yes. and he did I mean yes he was wrong I was a traitor but he went hard for me and I think that with Dom I think he's just uncomfortable talking about people like he's just too nice for that game mm -hmm. he didn't like to talk game like that was again I made friends with the people who didn't want to talk game or thought I was a traitor 
like he just, I would sit down and I'd be like, well, what do you think is going on? He'd be like, listen, <laughs> I don't want to talk about anybody. If you're going to be talking behind people's backs, I'm not into that. If you want to tell me about your family, you can tell me about your family. And I remember being like, Dom, do you know what this game is? <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm a Dom Stan. Stan. Oh, we do. We stand a loyal king. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's just a doll, but honestly, all three of them are great. Like I've spoken with all three of them since the whole group, you know, maybe I got out early enough that I don't actually hate anybody and they don't hate me. So mm. I get along well with everybody at this stage. So <laughs> yeah. maybe right. it's for the best. <laughs> now, having come out of it, what were you, are you most proud of? What movie were you most proud of? Crying on TV about never going to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will it. say that was actually, you know what? That It's not that I'm most proud of. I am pretty proud of that move because that was more of a holy crap, I'm drowning. I need somebody to believe me. So I just kind of like pulled May and pulled Dom aside and just had like a heart to heart with them about their life, my life, and like my reason for being there. I was actually talking about my daughter because for me, I knew I would need to cry and like get some emotions up. So I would think about my daughter and anytime I thought about her when I was away, I would just start crying because I'm emotional anyway. So I would just think about her. And then I was like, you know, I really want to take her to Disney World. So then that started to kind of get me to cry because I was like, that's why I'm here. So in my head, I'm like, yes this is great. Like they're, they're, you know, it was honest. I was being honest, but I was like, they're really creating like this relationship. Like we're, we're getting a bond going. And I thought that if people had really strong bonds with me, they wouldn't want to send me home. So that's what I was trying to do that day. But again, these days are so quick. Um, so I was trying to just kind of bond with them and it worked. They fought really hard for me at the table. So I think that that worked not my proudest moment. I thought that was really funny when it came out as a meme. I was like, thanks. Thanks, production. Um, but probably, I mean, I don't think that there was a, I, I, there's no move in the game that I'm like, particularly like, good job, Melissa. You did so well on that one. It was mostly like just keeping my head above water. Like the water was up yeah. to my lips the whole time. So it was mostly just the fact that I could balance. I'm happy I didn't go home at the first round table. Mm-hmm. I shut my mouth at that round table and it was for a reason because I felt the heat going into it. And I got wind that there may be a blind side on me at the first round table. And I remember one of the, I don't remember what season it was, but I remember one of the other seasons where they all blindsided this person where they went into the table and they all talked about everybody else, but then they wrote down this other person's name and like got them out. And that's what I was afraid was going to happen to me. So I was super like tight-lipped at that table. Um, So that was a good move. And I think the, my favorite move was honestly finally convincing them that I was a faithful in the truth circle. I was like, one way or another, somebody is going to believe me that I'm not a traitor. Like, I don't care if it's the last thing I say, somebody needs to believe me. So that I was really proud of that because that was, uh, I mean, that was the performance I needed to give at breakfast. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, did you, did you yeah. think of doing that before you were, did, was that improv or was that like, I've got to do this before I pop out? I thought about that day. So once Leroy was like, I'm voting for you, I was like, shit. <laughs> like, uh, I'm probably going to go home. That was when I started to come to the realization that this was real. So I remember going back to my room at some point and just being like, okay, what the hell are you going to do? And I couldn't, I was like, okay, like, you know, frame crystal did this to that, whatever. And then I was thinking, okay, if you go home, cause again, I'm very much like live in the moment, whatever, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Control what you can. So I controlled what I could. It didn't work. And I was thinking, if you go home, you better at least have a really fun speech, like yeah. like trick them into thinking that you are a faithful. So I didn't know what I was going to say. I didn't have like a speech prepared, 
um, that I came up with as I was walking up there. All I knew when I was at the round table, I was like, and people were like, <laughs> I knew I was going home. People were like saying my name and fighting with me. And I was fighting back in my head. I was the first thought I was, was how freaking cool is this? I'm fighting at the round table on the Traders Canada first season. I loved it. And then I was like, oh, you should probably think about your opener <laughs> for what you're going to say in the circle because you're definitely getting banished. Um, so when I went up, I was just thinking, I just needed to say the words, like I'm a faithful, but I obviously wasn't allowed to say I'm a faithful. So I was like, uh, the only thing I knew was at the round table, I decided that I was going to say, I've been telling you guys, or I've told you guys that I'm a faithful. Cause I thought that would start because you're, you're not really picking out little nuances when you're waiting for them to confess. So I was like, I, I started with, you know, I've told you guys that I'm a faithful and then everybody's face was like, Oh no. <laughs> and then I started to cry and I was like, I, that wasn't a performance this morning. And, you know, and once the tears started coming and I saw everybody's face, I was like, this is good. This is working. And then I, you know, I couldn't drone on. So I was like, okay, I need to wrap it up and tell them, you know, I am, I'm a trader. And the reaction, the adrenaline that I got after I said, I'm a trader, my whole, like, like head to toes, I just had like a full adrenaline rush. It made up for being sent home. Cause I was mad. I was mm. so mad that I got sent home, but it really, it made it a little bit easier. Oh, it's it was good fun. acting. It was good acting. It. it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, it was fun. That was, that's my proudest moment. Yeah, it was absolutely awesome. And I, I know from sitting there waiting for that big reveal, you're just like the emotions that you feel inside. So no, you you definitely inspired that. Overall, how emotionally intense did you find the whole experience? I think it was way more emotional than I thought it was going to be. Um, and more confusing. It was just more confusing, like not knowing who to trust mm. and, you know, like being away from your family, not being able to call them, not being able to like turn on the the TV or the radio, like, like we were isolated. Um, so, I mean, that definitely adds to the game. So overall, it was way more emotional than I had expected. It wasn't as emotional, I think, as it could have been had I stayed longer. So mm. it was definitely emotional the first couple of days. I think um, you really get to know people. You really do build bonds. You don't expect to do it. You know, um, you feel betrayed in the moment that like, how can you, how dare you think that I'm a traitor? I didn't expect to actually be like a little bit sided, like slide from somebody. I didn't expect to be like, oh, excuse me. You think I'm, even though I am a traitor, I'm like, you think I'm a traitor? Um, and I really felt that. <laughs> So, you know, I, it was way more emotions than I expected after I got home. It still took me like a week to feel normal, to not feel a little, like I did, I didn't feel bitter because it was things that I went in there, you know, vouching to do the same, but I still was like, my gut was still like, oh, that person gets on my nerves. Like, oh, I don't want to see this one. I don't want to hear from that one. And I got over it within the week. But, you know, at first I was like, I hope this person's the next one out. Like I, <laughs> I actually got home and I got on Instagram and Kevin hasn't, like, he wasn't my follower going into it or anything, but I followed him. So I sent him a message on Instagram, knowing that he would get it when the game was over. And I was like, I hope to God that they like recruited you after I left and I hope you go back in and I hope you totally turn on both of them. And I hope you win the whole game. <laughs> I was just like, Cause I was like, I am bitter, but you know, I did get over that after. And I was like, okay, now at like at the point that I'm at now, I'm like, I honestly, I don't care who wins. I'm happy with whoever wins um, trader faithful, whatever. Cause I like them all again. 
Oh, I love that. How are we the same person? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, I I think you two are the equivalents of one another. I I see it. So, like, we're kindred souls, right? We really are. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, Speaking of winning, do you think it's harder to win as a trader or a faithful? Well, I think it's just hard to win. Obviously, Mm. I didn't win. Um, As a trader or faithful, as a faithful, it has to be harder to win. It's easier for a trader. It wasn't easy for me, no. But like, as a trader, you know the traders. Mm. So like, as if you can get a little further, like if I had to, if Kevin didn't have to sprinkle my name day one, and I guarantee you every interview you have with everybody after this, they're all going to be like, I knew Mel right from the blindfold. And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. That's, you're full of it. That's not true. Kevin sprinkled my name in and you followed him. Um, but you know, a lot of people did say that they saw me at the blindfold, but anyway, how do you read them? But, um, I definitely think that it is harder as a faithful because you, you just have so much less information. You don't know how many traders there are. You might know when one's recruited, you might not, because maybe they'll just say like, Oh, I turned it down. Somebody will say I turned it down or like maybe anything, anything could mm. happen. Um, so there's so many different directions that it could go in that like, I think as a trader, as long as you make strong bonds with a good handful of people, and then you're in the conclave fighting to make sure that those people don't go home, mm-hmm. I think you've, you know, you've got a pretty well set to win. I think as a faithful, it's so much harder to win. So yeah. mm. trade of life. <laughs> is, is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to get off your chest today? Oh my God. I'm sure I'm going to call you in the morning and be like, let's, let's record another five minutes. Add it on to the end. <laughs> Just tack it um, on. Right. Tack it on. I don't, I can't think of anything offhand that I, well, I mean, let's see. We talked about Disney. We talked about. Um, <laughs> Get this girl to Disney World, everyone. Yeah, somebody, can we start a GoFundMe? No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> People are crazy. People would do that. Maybe I should ask for it, actually. Um, no, <laughs> I think we covered everything. Like we covered the, yeah, like, I mean, I think my name got out there. I think the biggest thing for me is that I, be- I truly, truly believe that like, Kevin sprinkled my name. Mm-hmm. And I think that if he wasn't there or if he didn't suspect me, more people would probably, yes, say my name, but I don't think it would have gotten the traction and the attention that it did. So mm. I also think, yeah, I have so many like different things if I could go back. Um, I also think I need to shut up more personally. So I do, I've got a lot of like, put me back in that manner right now because I, I have such a better way to play that game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I think that's going to be with me forever. Like I've been talking to a couple of people who lost big brother Canada, who I'm friends with. And they're like, dude, it has been like six years. And I literally still wake up and think about it every morning, <laughs> like what I would do differently. So I don't think that'll go away. Never make yourself smaller, Mel. It will make for worse <laughs> television. <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah. But well, I, you-, you know what? Maybe I would have been more in the diary or not the diary in the confessional. Um, no, that's true. It's my personality. I I, I went in there with the strategy and I didn't change. follow it. You can't change. Right? Embrace it. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. This was so much fun. We absolutely adore you, Mel. We hope we can get you back on in the future to chat. Um, we've just had the best time with you. Literally anytime. I'm not competing on a show so call me i'm not well, yeah <laughs> hey when, hey when when traders us or uk uh pop back up absolutely oh yes on. call me where can people find you um i'm on instagram at best on the rock 
D-A-R-O-C-K, and that's because Best on The Rock was taken. Um, and I'm on TikTok under the same handle. I am on Twitter. I don't tweet a lot. Like, I think I tweeted today about um, the sitcom How I Met Your Mother, because I just rewatched it. It's such a good show. So, like, I don't know if, if you'll find me interesting on Twitter, but I'm on Twitter. I'm um, at Melissa Agent 21 mm-hmm. and that was something that I created about 100 years ago. And I think that's, is that all the platforms? I am, I'm starting a podcast soon. So I'll definitely oh. be looking to get you guys on for discussions, yes, but it, it hasn't started up yet. So if you follow along my Instagram, you'll definitely get notification when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just going to be a podcast basically where I talk to interesting people. So okay. not necessarily just one niche of like reality TV, just anybody that I find interesting, yeah. I want to interview. So yeah, beautiful. yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Look out for that beautiful well thank you everybody we hope you enjoyed this as much as we did and we will see you all next week for the next episode of traders canada manifesting more fights and this podcast was gaze for dom (laughs) (laughs) Dom. (laughs) bye